Parshas Pinchas, for many reasons, is a fascinating parsha to me. Really, starting from last week's parsha, the end of Chukas, then the Balak apologized. The end of Balak to really the, the the story at the end of Balak to the beginning of Parshas Pinchas, and really the topic which I'm not speaking about today has a lot to do with the topic of Kanois, what Kanois is. And Berksham, my name is Daniel Pinchas, and the name Pinchas, and it brings out a lot of conversation about Kanois, what Kanois is. I grew up with a very negative association with somebody called the Kanoi. There was somebody in the city I lived who was known as a Kanoi. He was a very mean person, a difficult person. He always made problems. And I heard from youth he was a Kanoi. So the word Kanoi had a certain picture to me. And then as you get, also you're learning, Pinchas was a Kanoi. A Kanoi is a zealot in English, like the type of guy who makes protests. He stands up for the truth. And the guy in my city who was like, people said he was a Kanoi. He was like a rough guy. You, you, you just wanted to avoid him. He was like a total, just a killjoy. You ruined every good event and thing. So my whole picture of what a Kanoi is, what it isn't, what the shayrish of a Kanoi, it took a lot, it took learning and relearning. You have to study Messias Yisharim well. And my very name was Pinchas. It was like, a, like almost like a dark secret. Just Daniel, Daniel, don't like reveal your name. Pinchas, that was a tough one. So that's a discussion and a conversation perhaps we'll have and sh- definitely we should have at some point. I've spoken in the past at what a Kanoi is. What's the Messias Yisharim's Kanoi, if you want to know where he puts it, I would associate Kanoi with Yerashamayim. You know, in, in the service of Hashem, there are different categories. There's the Yer Hashemayim category, and there's Avas Hashem category. I would picture a Kanoi, like a, very like in the Yer side of things. The Messiah Sisharim speaks about in the Avas Hashem side. If you want to know what's burning inside a Kanoi's heart, is love. It's just a love. Love of Hashem means love of people. That's what love of Hashem means. If you love Hashem, you love his family too. What's burning in the heart of a Kanoi is love of people. It's Messias Hashem. Nothing short. So you have to understand, who's a Kanoi? Somebody who has, is dripping with love. That's a Kanoi. <laughs> we mislabel Kanoi and we call... That person was OCD amongst other things. Long do Kanoi is nothing. So, so that's the book to study that guy is not Messias Hashem. One of the books called of different... Like, well... DSM book. His book is a DSM book of OCD and other problems, insecurity, other types of things. Nothing to do with Kanois. It's like sad. I grew up, that person was called a Kanoi. I had, it took me years of relearning what a Kanoi is. Penchas. Penchas is a Kanoi. Penchas is dripping with love of Hashem. It's just tremendous ava is dripping from Penchas. Love of Hashem and love of Hashem's people. But that's, that's not what I want to discuss, this Erev Shabbos Kodesh. What I want to discuss, this Erev Shabbos Kodesh, is, the, is, is like such a side point, so call it my, maybe like the ADHD part of me, my distracted side of me, that sees something. When I, I'm fascinated that Pinchas makes this big stand, Moshe's there, Moshe Rabbeinu, Arna Koyen's there, and I'm fascinated that different people have different jobs. 
that Pinchas, that was Maish Rabbeinu. Let's say Avram Avinu, Reb Miller says, the greatest year who ever lived. Maish Rabbeinu would be right there. Maish Rabbeinu was there. This action was for Pinchas. And Maisha was there and didn't do what Pinchas did. This was Pinchas's tafkid. This was his mission. And it was Pinchas who killed. There, were two, there was this yid, this, this prestigious yid, in the middle of a terrible act. Klal Yisrael is sitting there. It's a, it's a moment of devastation. The whole Jewish people, it's, 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 it's just this difficult moment of, of a person who's considered respected, who's, who's respected, who's considered chashev, is doing an act, living with a guy, a public disgrace, a public Hashem. And Pinchas is the one who stands up and is the hero of the moment. He stops him. I gave her, there's a plague that Pinchas stops the plague. He literally turns. Sometimes you have a bad moment. Something's going on. I was in a hotel with my kids on Pesach. And I love, we, I just love Yidin. I love bringing my kids to Pesach hotels. Yidin are incredible. We meet such good people, so many interesting, nice, warm, sensitive, lofty Yidin. It's a beautiful experience. The first morning we're there, it's just going well, we're meeting different people. The first morning there, a guy gets up during davening. There was like a break in the action during the laning. And he starts railing at the hotel, one man. One man, who knows what his issues are. I met him over young time. You can diagnose this man pretty easily. And he starts railing against the hotel publicly. Literally, I'm not being megasm. Literally, he pulled down... It's hard to explain. There's a real, there's a lot, we're all live people. My kids could be made that we sat there to the whole place. We all felt lower. It was very difficult to be part. He, he lowered the whole matziv of Ruchnius, of Gashmius, of the whole Madrega. A guy got up publicly, berated the place. It was like a, such a downer. It needed a recovery. We see, a lot of things happened. We see, after the Shemai, we all recovered. People stood up in that moment and like fixed everything in a yeshiva. Sometimes, sometimes in a yeshiva, one of the rebellion asked me in yeshiva that you're so makbit to be there Shabbos. It's not like you sit going around the dorms Shabbos that you're such the, the ones watching the mats of the shaymim. That people, David Roosevelt does much more than you. He can he can't miss a Shabbos. Kalos, you don't, what are you? You can't miss a Shabbos. You have a job. You're a my how you can't miss a Shabbos. You're not the shamer. You don't go around making sure so much. A little bit. So I explained to the Rebbe my my job. What I'm looking to do if something happens in yeshiva. Sometimes in yeshiva you have a matziv, twenty bachrim get caught up in something and do something wrong. So sometimes in some environments the Rosh Hashiva gathers the whole yeshiva and he starts like shrying anybody. So the matzah was a downer. There was a shtickle down. The Rosh Hashiva brings it down four more notches. Instead of, let's say you have, a, you, have a, you, know, you have an earthquake on the Richter scale, it was like a five. The Rosh Hashiva shmooz turns it into an eight. By him highlighting, now we were all down a few madregas. You mamish brought it to the floor. You turned this into an all-out earthquake with no survivors. 
The point is something negative happened. If something happened, you always got to follow up with bringing a Ruach HaCheres. So you say a more lofty, sincere Shmos, something that rebuilds back up, that, that saves the moment, that brings back. Kedush is much more stronger than Tumor. Good is much stronger than bad. So there's something, a bad Ruach, you got to pump in a much better Ruach. So you got to respond. You have to say a better Dvar Torah. You have to learn more Torah to Hevra. You have to sing better songs. Maybe a little longer. This mirror should be a little longer to, to, uh, to, to, to pick up, to match what went on. The job of being the Shabbos is to, is, to, is to bring in, to sing a little more, crack some more junks, just to lift the matzib. There are moments of down. So at that hotel, it was like everything, like, was dri- I can't, ex- if you were there, it was one of those moments you were there, it just like brought it down. And it needed something, and people were there. Different things happened to raise it back up again. Pinchas Vaklai Yisrael, the picture of what Pinchas did is just like tremendous. People were dying because of what went on. It was a churban, just a tremendous down. What I experienced was like one billionth, me'ain, 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 of what Pinchas saw. And Pinchas was there and saved the whole day. He just turned a Maiset Sidkus, a tremendous act of Gvura, of Ava, just a, a tremendous action that completely stopped the Magefa. Fakert, it brought a new Ruach of Ketosha, of loyalty to Hashem, of sincerity. It literally galvanized Klal Yisrael, all the Jewish people. To galvanize is when you get people riled up and fired up with Taif. And a bad action pulls the ruach, the, the sucks the spirit out of people. He literally stood there and re-energized all of Klal Yisrael. Literally got us fired up, and it was like just a completely game-saving, life-changing act. I'm fascinated that it was Penchas' Tafkin. Penchas is the one who had this job. So the sugya comes up to me. The sugya of Parshas Penchas, a sugya, not the sugya. A sugya that comes up in my mind, the Parshas Pinchas, is our jobs. And I think for our age, Hevra, this is like from the biggest sugyas of our life. A 20, 21-year-old wonders a lot. What is my <coughs> job? What is my job? He's a youngster, he's fruming out, he's growing, exciting. At a certain age, what is my tafkin? What am I heading towards? What's my, what's my, everybody senses we have tafkidim. We have jobs, we have missions. Where is my penchas? Where is, what is my, we spoke, Eliyahu brought it up in his own way, so what is my shah? What is my moment? What is my, what am I headed towards? That is the question that dominates a youngster's mind. I was zeichet to learn by a Rebbe Anything I have, anything I have, I attribute to my parents and my Rebbe. Anything that I have. Everything that I have is from my parents and my Rebbe. And my Rebbe, I owe him, the amount I owe him, it's, in the last few months I've dreamt about him a lot, I've had dreams about him. He made a big difference in my life. I, don't, I can't say I see everything like him. I can't say there aren't many areas I tend to see different. And I think a lot about so what drew me, why was I so interested, what, it's, it's on my mind a lot these days, and I got, but I got a lot from him. 
And as a youngster, not rewriting history, from a young age, I loved his speeches. From a young, young age, hoodies around here comes around when I say a shir. From a young age, I ran to hear my Rebbe. I wanted to hear him. And I was interested in what he had to say, and it, and it, and it, it spoke to me. It just spoke to me, and it energized. I heard other people speak, and it didn't, it didn't mean a lot to me. I waited. I'm telling you, Shalashudis, he had a rotation. I waited for my Rebbe to speak. I wanted the weeks he was speaking. The other Yid was a wonderful tzaddik, a wonderful, and I'm happy I heard him. But I'm being honest. Being honest, the other Yid is in Olam Habaz, a big tzaddik. He's in a, he's in a big tzaddik, getting his schar. I'm telling that I waited for my Rebbe, and something about the things he was saying spoke to me. We're all different. Shairish and Hashemah, things that are beyond our grasp, but we have different people that we relate and connect and what they're saying to And my Rebbe's words spoke to me. And I feel fortunate when I was at a young age, also thinking about your tafkid. What are you going to do? Where's my tafkid? I feel fortunate that my Rebbe taught us this. There's a safer of a Talmud of my Rebbe wrote a safer called Mashcheni Acharecha. It's from my Rebbe's Shmuzim. There's, it's interesting. There are really three main svarim written from my Rebbe and Shmuzim. I asked my Rebbe that all three Rebbe are different. And I said, I'm fascinated. You're one man and your three of your students wrote books about, your, about you. And they're so different. I said, I read all three. I'm like, is this the same man? I said, did, which guy did you think got it right, Rebbe? So I asked my Rebbe. I said, does it bother you? Like, what is your thoughts? That three of your students write your stuff and it's very different. It must be very fascinating to you to read this, your, your stuff and see three guys write, three wonderful people. Each one a precious, really big Talmidei Chachamim. The one who wrote this is a Shasid. Mamish is Shasid. He had, before I knew Avi Jaffe and Menachem Glazer and Mati, they had, his minute was every night to Shabbos to make a Siyam. I don't know how they thought of this interesting plan that you make a Siyam every night to Shabbos. This interesting idea that some of our Hebrew dreamed up for a few years. Every night to Shabbos you make a Siyam on a Masechta. It's an interesting plan. But um, this year, the Roma Shechina also had this plan for years. Very serious Talmud Chacham. And... He's very close to Reb Chaim Kanievsky. He's, he's a Rosh Kolel in Bnei Brak. He's, he's something very... He's, he's that guy. He's living in Bnei Brak happily ever after, struggling not to speak Lashon The bottom line is, he does live in Bnei Brak, what can I tell you? But this guy, this guy lives in Bnei He's a big tzaddik. And so... So I asked my Rebbe about the, the different svarim that are so different. Say, so he said, no, Daniel, always. My Rebbe, what do you think? He wants you to think. No, what do you think? So I told him my answer. He told me his answer. So he told me a different answer than I said. He said that he changed over the years. That's what he said, Yak. He said that from three different periods, I changed. That's what he said. That, that, that fascinated me a lot. It fascinated me a lot because I read these svarim. Two of the three svarim are younger than me. So I'm always curious. I feel like I'm checking back in. I'm not in touch as much as I should, my Rebbe. I feel like I'm checking back in, and maybe he did change. I'm reading the Swarm also. I'm fascinated. I also heard this. I also heard from my Rebbe. So I read it with a lot of fascination. This one's in Hebrew. The other two are in English. The three Swarm on his Torah. The, 
And I ask myself which one I relate to the most. It's interesting, but they're very different. You just get a different feel of the man. I'm curious. One day I want Yaakov's read one of the three. I'm curious for him to read the other two and to tell me how he, what, you know, what he thinks about the three. I want him to compare the, what I've presented to him, which one he has his own opinion. I'm curious how he would view this. I'm curious. Menachem, I don't think... Learned. I think he also had part of one of the Svarim. I'm curious how my kids would see it. I'm very curious. all the I'm curious how they would see it. Very interesting. But for now, I was to learn by my Rebbe this piece when I was your age. It's in a safer. I heard it from him. And I, it impacted me what he said. And I want to share with you what he said on this topic. It's a topic for anybody, but this, you, you guys own this topic. What's my tafke? What's my mission? People get older, feel to a degree that they found areas of their tafke. They feel they're settled into certain roles. To a degree, people still wonder, do I have another tafke? It doesn't end. But I think the ones who own this question more than anybody, from probably about 20 to 25-year-olds, that age, own this shiloh probably more than anybody. What's my tafke? What is my mission? What's, what, what's my job? It's a big topic. People think about it, worry, wonder. So I want to tell you, my Rebbe, to me, and Parshas Pinchas to me brings this up, because when I see Pinchas is tafkid, and Pinchas, the Moshe was there, Aaron, no, not Moshe, not Aaron, Pinchas, he found his place that was, that was for him in his moment and his heroic action. So it begs, where is our heroic action or actions and our job? That's, that, that's a question that comes up to me in Parshas Pinchas, and a question for guys your age, I think that's, that's quite strong. Do guys relate to such a question, what's my tafkid? Can guys relate to such a question? Right there. So I want to tell you what my Rebbe said. I, I've shared this before, but I want to tell you what my Rebbe said. I'm going to, he came, my Rabbi Baruch Shem is a Talmud Chacham. He came from many Mekiris. The hour was late, and this was supposed to be 15 minutes. And I'm thinking, so I'm, it's, it's just, this is an emotional thing. This is something I think precious that he taught me. And something I want to teach you. My Rabbi, I'm going to, I'm going to come from, if, you, if, I can, if I can, I'm going to come from a story in Musser. And the story in Musser, stories are powerful. And stories contain deep ideas. Stories aren't simple. My Rebbe used the story a lot. My Rebbe's an intellectual person, intellectual heavyweight. And he used stories that are, you could, it sounds like a simplistic story. A lot is hidden in stories. Rev, Rev, um, Rev Nachman of Breslov used stories. If you, if you take the time to think about them, there's so much depth in a story and so much contained it's a, it's a way of couching very, very deep ideas and powerful ideas in the most simplistic of ways. It literally hides a lot of depth stories. Rev Kaplan, people love his writings from the most prolific authors. He loved Hasidish Shemaisen. My father, for a period, I adjusted. 
My father, for a period, got very into Chassidish stories, like, was so out of character. He did it for his shul, and he was just, he read Svarim full of Chassidish stories, and for a period, he gets that way. For a period, he was just like saying over stories. It was like fresh. I remember a circus we went there. I always get excited by my father's latest Torah. For every yantar, he has a new vert. He has his old stuff. And then you get like, we, we chaz the old stuff. Sometimes it's exciting. Sometimes it's the old stuff. And then we, and then he always has like a new chiddush. And that, like that yantar, I remember a circus. He was, he was full of chassidish stories. A rebel was worried he ate outside the sukkah because he wasn't in his sukkah, he was in his plate. He had all different interesting Hasidish stories. It was very interesting. But it was like very like hard to even adjust. My father was saying Hasidish stories. But in the Hasidish stories, there's tremendous depth. From the greatest minds that the world has seen, literally in the last 50 years, of Arya Kaplan is from the strongest minds the world has seen. In anybody's standard, I think he's a powerful mind. This man was studying Hasidic stories just to get a picture of how much depth lies in Hasidic stories. This is a story in the Muslim movement, and the story, in short, is as follows Rabbi Yisrael Salanter taught his students to be selfless. Amongst the lessons he taught them is to be given think about the Zulas, think about the next guy. And he really powerfully taught, created an army of people who were about the next person. You have to understand, Rabbi Yisrael's Talmidim all came out every ounce of Torah. There were a lot of Gedolim. But historically, most of the Torah in the world today is from Rabbi Yisrael's Talmidim. I believe that, I believe that as a fact. It could be debatable. That's how I look at it. That historically, most of the yeshivas come from students in Rabbi Yisrael's Salanter today. A lot was his Talmud, the altar of Slavodko, who, who produced a lot, the altar of Nevardik, who produced a lot, and others. Rabbi Yisrael, his, uh, Rabbi Yisrael's Talmudim did a lot, and a big part of what Rabbi Yisrael taught is think about the next person. Don't be selfish. Rev Itzel was one of Rabbi Yisrael's star Talmudim, and Rev Itzel came to Rabbi Yisrael. He was 25 years old, and he was offered to be the Rav of Petersburg. And Rev Itzel said to Rabbi Yisrael, should I take the job? The Rub of Petersburg was one of the most prestigious stellas jobs in the whole world. You, you impacted one million Jews. You know what the number one million is? You impacted one million Jews were on your jurisdiction. I believe there were about one million Jews in Russia. The Rub of Petersburg became, in a certain way, was like the chief Rav of Russia. You were the, it, was, it seems it was the biggest Jewish city. A million Jews would be affected by this Rav. And he went to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter and he said, should I take the job? Now my understanding in Ishaila, my Rebbe did not explain this to us, and in the story it doesn't say what Ishaila was, I think you all could do a good job, like picturing here Shiloh. Mitzarech had opportunity. You taught us, Rebbe, to be about others. He has an opportunity to be about others. Mitzad Shane, maybe I'm not worthy of it. Find this, he's 25. The typical Rav was 60. 50, 60. A 25-year-old was not Rav of St. Petersburg. It just didn't happen. So you could picture, he said, maybe I'm not worthy. Humility. He felt, get something bigger, better for the job. And that was probably something in that lines, if you want to come up with a different way of viewing the suffix, something in that realm was a suffix. His Rebbe's 
answer, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's answer is shocking and ends the story. Rabbi Yisrael said to him, Rabbi Etzel, he said, Etzel, your power was always you were a very good davener. He said, Rabbi Etzel, he had different Talmudim. Rabbi Etzel, you're a very strong davener. Good davener. Will this help or hurt your davening? That's Lacha Rabbi. End of story. Well, the end of the story is he took the job. I guess it would help his davening. A million Jews that are counting on you, you probably start praying quite hard, have a lot to pray for. He felt, that's what Yisrael will help or hurt your davening. That is your suffolk. Of course, like every good Rebbe, didn't answer him. He defined the suffolk. I don't believe he went to Rebbe Yisrael. Those were his tutstadim. I'm a davener, Rebbe. His Rebbe gave him the Shiloh, will it help or hurt your davening? That's how we boil down the Shiloh. If Rev Itzel, who of course, I didn't say his full name, because I, I didn't want to blow the end of the story, it's a dramatic story. His name is Rev Itzel Petterberg. He obviously took the job. If you're curious, he served for 16 years as the chief rabbi of, of Petersburg. That's why he's called Rev Itzel Petterberg. So, good question. So he was the rub there. He took the job. I don't know. He was there 16 years. He took the job, and, and he was the chief of, of, of Petersburg. The question is, this, this story is wild. For a Rebbe who spent teaching his Talmud se- to be selfless, and his Talmud's going to give up his life, a Rav, you know, a Rav gives up, he's going to be owned by the people, a Rav. Kuloi Meshubed, a Rav is owned by the people, you're owned, you're owned. And your mind, you're obligated. You're accepting on yourself the responsibility. If it's better for the people, it doesn't matter what I want to do. That's what a rub means. It doesn't matter what I want to do. Complete bittal at me. doesn't matter what... Complete bittal of yourself. Crazy selflessness. You're a rub now. You don't own your time. He needs me. But I, I, what do you mean? I have a seder. It doesn't matter you have a seder. He needs you. You accept it to be a rub. I had a rebbe who asked Mechilotas, a huge masmid, he said, I owe Mechil. He wasn't joking. He said, I'm too much of a masmid. On your time, I owe you Mechil. He's right, he owed us Mechil. At the time, we were like, wow, he's so from looking back. I'm not sure I was Michael. Sure, Michael. I'm tr- I have to try now. At the time, we were, we were so immature. We thought it was a great story of Tzidkus. Looking back, he owed us a big Mechil. Nobody forced him to be a rebbe, and he didn't give us enough time, perhaps. And he asked Mechila from the Chavri. He said, I was a massman on your time. Mechatesi, I accepted the job of Rebbe and I wasn't available enough. So he asked Mechila at the time. We're like, wow, wow. Now I look back, wow, wow. <laughs> wow, wow. He did a big affair. He was our Rebbe. He, nope. at, the time, at the time it was wow, wow. Looking back, he owed us Mechila. <laughs> he agreed to be Rebbe and then he didn't. And we accept him, want him to be our Rebbe. And he asked us Mechila as he should have. And now we have to just hold in to make sure to be Michael Bulev Shalom. At the time, we didn't even understand what was happening. So Rev Itzel here has a, has a decision to be Rav of Petersburg, to be a million people. He's Hefker Namish. And this is what his Rebbe set him up to do. And his Rebbe says to him, is it good for you? If it's good for you, do it. If it's not good for you, don't do it. You're a davener. Is this going to help or hurt your davening? <laughs> it's it's mind-blowing. So Rebbe, all these years, he was 25. He learned by him, let's say, 10 years. I don't know what age he came to. However many number of years he learned by Rebbe Yisrael, Rebbe Yisrael was his Rebbe Mavuk, Rebbe Yisrael's Rebbe Mavuk. And he told him, is it good or bad for you? Remarkable story, right, Thaler, no? 
So the question becomes, it's, it's, that, that's, that's the end of the story, and it causes us a lot of thought. That's a true story. That's what happened. I heard this from my Rebbe. If you know my Rebbe, he doesn't change. He gave more details than I just said over. I don't remember them. And certainly, my Rebbe's Hakpada, the story is wild. He has a book of stories, Rev Aaron. Everything said exact. He doesn't exaggerate, doesn't add, doesn't take away. He wrote a book about his father. My Rebbe is the best storyteller I've ever met in my life. He's a good storyteller. He tells a story very well. He says it over well. He wrote a book about his father. It's, it, it's a beautiful book, but it has a boring amount part to it because he's so precise. In areas, I said, let me breathe. Like almost you can't, you're being too detailed, but he's very but on precision. Exact. This is what happened as it happened. So my Rebbe told me this story. It's a true story. And the story just, I should leave this fellow, yo, this is like, this would be his summer now. And he knows the story, Elio. This is like, this is your summer treat here. Okay, enjoy the rest of your summer. And then you can contemplate this story the rest of the summer. As you can after I'm finished speaking also, because the story is fascinating. Well, my Rebbe explained to us, Rabbi Isai, and what he told us is that people look for their external mission. I'm going to be Rosh Hashiva Mashkiach, a Balabas who supports Yeshivas. Everybody's looking for their external mission and identifying with their external mission. He's a Mashkiach. He's a Rosh Hashiva. He supports, he's a Taimich Torah, supports Torah. He's a doctor at Asken. He's a, people look to their external missions. And my Rebbe taught us that's amazingly dangerous. You could have people doing big things that are tiny people. It's dangerous and wrong. He had a groin, he had Tyra to back it up. I could, I'll leave the safer around if somebody wants to see some of the Tyra that he brought this from. But he said it's wrong and it's, and it's not the way you should look for your, your mission. He said that a 20-year-old should be busy with his internal mission, working himself out. If you're Balkas, being less Balkas. If you're rigid, being more flexible. If you're flexible, being more rigid. Work out your internal self, your inner world. Not selfishly. Remember, Rabbi Yisrael was all about service. And he didn't take back when he told Rabbi Yisrael, that's not the word I'm coming to speak about. He wasn't taking back, of course. He taught him to be selfless. And then he said, is it good for you or bad for you? He was saying, your job is to present the world the best Rabbi Yisrael. So you're a big davener, that was your strength. Will this give the world a better revitzel or not? Your external mission will fit and be matim for your internal mission. It will coincide. But my Rebbe taught us that the main job, the external mission there, and certainly he wanted to produce idealists, my Rebbe, who want to change the world. And all of us want to change the world. And a matter of fact, the more you work out the inner, the more you'll be driven to change the world because everybody wants to do good. We love Hashem and we want to spread Avas Hashem. That, that's Pashat. Never neglect your inner mission. And the focus he felt was damaging. I want to be Rosh Hashiva. I want, you want to do big things. Be a big person. And the bigger you are, the better you'll do your mission, by the way. You're giving the world a much better person for your mission. In some ways, I think my Rebbe was telling us your external mission. I don't want to say it will just happen on its own. Because you have to, when you have an opportunity, grab it and do it and, and, and give yourself to it. But the focus on what job I'm going to do, 
he felt very much takes away from working out. If I'm having trouble sitting, how can I sit better? How can I sit? And whatever external mission you'll have, the resolving of yourself, you'll be much better at that external mission. And he really pushed us to focus on our internal mission, on our working out of our midas and our character. And he felt that was the main tachlis to be focused on, not in order to give the world and to give Hashem the best evid. Hashem needs a fiery needs. Hashem wants a shalim serving him because Hashem has plans for you. That we don't, in a certain way, they used to have Nevi'im, and the Nevi'im told your tafkid. I'm going, to say, I'm going to say the way, grow the way I understand it, the way I understand my Rebbe was, telling it, was saying it. There's a chance I'm going to bring him here, my Rebbe, and then we could ask him himself the last week what he meant. There's such a chance. But, but the grud the speaks about today we don't have Nevi'im, but they used to go to Nevi'im. And to Nevi'im used to tell us our tafkid, the Graz and Perak Tazayin of Mishlei Pasuk Dalit. And he says, Shehoyu Nevi'im, when they used to have prophets, they would go to the prophet to ask Hashem. And the prophet would tell them through Nevuah, and according to your Shoyrish Hanashama, he would see your essence, he would see your nature down to the core of your being, and he would tell you what your tafkid is. Wild what another used to do. But we don't have Nevoah. So what do we do? Says the says the Gra, there's a quote, there's an exact quote. Don't don't go after miracles. My Rebbe ripped going to Makubalam in any way, ripped. Going to Makubalam in any way, shape, or form. In any way, ripped it. You weren't a Talmudist. If you go to a Makubal, you weren't a Talmudist. It was irrelevant, complete, of complete irrelevance to go to a Makubal. Not to find what you should do in business, not to ask him about one of your children. Complete. You go to a Gadol. You go to a Talmud. Complete. The fact is a Makubal detracts. Find a Gadol who you don't know is a Makubal. He shouldn't have such a title. He has a title as a Makubal. Be wary. That's my Rebbe to us. So he says the Gra, don't go big dulais finiflois. Don't go after wonders. Ach Lirais, make sure that your actions Tashem should be according to Ratzon Hashem. Do what's right. The actions which are mitzaseh and the loisaseh, Ikka Ratzon Hashem at Torah He's talking about a person who wants to find his mission. For heaven's sake, I want my mission. And he says, be a sincere yid, the grub. What the grudges do to me? I need to find my mission. Today I don't have a Navi. He says, do Ratzon Hashem. Be very pushing yourself to do assays and very careful not to be able to lose assays. The Gra's saying not, okay, so now we can't find our tafkid, so just do this. This is the path towards our tafkid. Is be very, very vigilant to work yourself out, to do the right things. And each person in his own way, working himself out, resolving, figuring out our midas, getting to know ourselves and working out not selfishly, I want to present the world and other mashalim I always wish I always wish that I first that the order, I always think there's some way to work it out Raithaler learned in Kaila like he knew one day he was going to say shared us I wish that I first taught went back to Kaila and then got to teach again. Like the order should be, they have jobs like this, Yak. They have jobs where you work, 
Then you go back, earn your degree. Like the job sort of pays. I, I'm not a bucky. I don't know exactly. Guys have told me about these things. You work, you get, they send you, they pay for your mass and you go back to the job. It's like very interesting to me why you started working first, but somehow the job sends you to the masters. Their, jo- their jobs are there. I think Chenech should go like that. You should work, go back to Kailo. Maybe before Kailo you teach, you're, you embarrass yourself, look at your shtickle amaris. You don't have much to teach. You teach whatever you know. Then you like, then you go back to Kailo. You're a man possessed. Because I want to actually like, you know how much more I would tell you if I knew, if I learned in Kailo, like knowing I'd be sitting here, I would have, and soaked up more for my Rebbe, got more for myself, found more, it, it, I would have given more. But it's never too late. You're, I'm a youngster, Baruch Hashem, it still has to drive you now. But it just, you always wish you could have more drive to give more. So certainly, your inner working is nothing to do with selfish. All of Rabbi Yisrael Shmuzim were true. And that's not the Chiddush I'm coming to tell you. That working on yourself is not a selfish act. Of course not. It's what you're presenting, the person of service to Hashem and to Klal Yisrael. But what I, that's not the Chiddush I'm telling you. That wasn't my problem in the story. What I'm telling you is the focus of your years, my Rebbe told us, should be to resolve your inner. Your tafkid will come somewhere. We don't have Nevi'im. It would be nice to have Nevi'im. It will even help in your finding of your tafkid. When Rav Itzel went to Rabbi Yisrael, his, his Rebbe wasn't a Navi. He told him, through your inner tafkid, you can realize, is this your external tafkid? You're a daven. You're a daven, Ritzel. Is this going to help your davening? If it will, well, you're onto something. You've mamish found what will continue what you're good at. You've worked on something, perfected something, clearly found the great strength. And as Rav, this is my, a Rav to daven for the people is huge. It's huge. You daven's for the people. You're the leader. You're the one who's going to pray for the people. You also understand a good davener means that you care a lot. A good davener, and if Yisrael said you're a davener, you're a Herzegger mensch who gets it, who somehow laid the issues of people and a sensitivity you have. If this will help your davening, you found your mission. Ravitzel, you've been working for years on davening. Where does this fit in? If the answer is yes, so he's giving you a way to find your external mission is work out your internal world. And that will lead you towards your external mission. Now, Rebbe felt strongly that too many people in that worry of their external mission stop working on things and resolving. I want guys to do big things, but be a big person doing big things. You could start the craziest chesed organization and be a very small person. It might have been your task to make it. Clearly, Hashem had you build it. You can do it. You can, people know that man started, he built this. Good, he did big things, but he's a small pickle who did big things. The big thing, Hashem gave him a tafkid. Build yourself for your tafkid, not selfishly, for your acts of service to Hashem and to his people, but build your inner world. When you get worried different times, but what's my tafkid? I get very nervous when people speak about how many years I'm learning. It's all tafkid type questions. I get nervous because of what my Rebbe taught me. Because he taught me, be busy with your internal world. Be busy resolving. If Hasmada is difficult, let me try to build more muscles to learn with more Hasmada. Midas, all different types of things. And each one for himself, figuring out ways of being mashlam. As I'm working and, and developing and building, of course, thinking about others and all the while doing for others. So 
trying to ensure it's not a selfish working on myself. It's for the service, for others. I'm bottled to others. It's for the service of Hashem and His people. But work on your inner self, resolve. That is the path, the chiddush of this, is that will lead you towards your tafkid. It will prepare you for your tafkid. You'll see at that moment your tafkid, as you're working on your inner, it will, it will shtim, it will be matim. You'll see your work, you'll be like, oh my goodness, I've been working on this. It will, like, it will fit like a glove. It's actually the path. And that's where everybody understood this grub, that it's the path to finding your tafkin. You should look at it, figure myself out. The tafkin, I have no idea. No, no, this is my path to my tafkin. You're, as, as you're working this out, it will literally guide you. The ignoring of self to think what shtel I'm going to do, is, it's just, it's off. And it's the opposite of finding your real tafkid. You will have people who are Rosh Hashivas who shouldn't be Rosh Hashivas, Rebbeim who shouldn't be Rebbeim, Askanim who shouldn't be Askanim. You'll have people in all different positions, according to my Rebbe taught us, when you're not focused on your inner world. When you ignore your inner world and you're just looking for what your tafkid, ironically, you'll be further from your correct tafkid. Because you don't even... You don't even know who you are. And you see people who have no understanding of who they are, so they put themselves in roles and places to fail. A guy told me he's ADHD. ADHD people struggle with monotony, doing the same boring things again. So I was speaking to the guy. When he, I said, when you're young in a business world, you have no choice but to do boring jobs. But as you get more powerful, just know you'll be the guy. You'll give the more monotonous jobs to people working around you. And you'll take the more moving around. And you'll take the jobs that change more often. And you're in a position. As you build up, you'll get more positions that you can do that. The understanding of your inner self helps in your external job, your tafkid, it helps. It, it makes it fit much better and it works smoother. The guy who ignores his inner is just worried, what's the job, what's my job, what's my job? And he completely, his inner world is like lost, forgotten about, not focused on, what's my job? He ends up putting himself, we don't have Nevi'im today, he ends up pushing the wrong job, he didn't resolve. He didn't work on diktuk, on diktuk, on mix, on exactness, <coughs> working himself out. Ironically, the guy who looks for a job ends up in the wrong job. The guy is looking, what's my job? Ironically, when you're bothered, as you normally should understand, you could mourn, it's the three weeks, you might want to mourn the lack of nevuah when you think what your job is, and it's worthy to mourn that. But understand that our path to finding our job is resolving our inner. I apologize that I went so much more than 15 minutes, but this was an important thing I wanted to share. Let's go to lunch. The schedule.